I'll begin off by letting everybody know that I started attending church when I was about eight years old, and I went down to Texas to be with my father. Um, and my grandmother was very particular about the children going to church with her, whether we wanted to or not. And so my first church experience was with my grandma's uh, church. Uh, it was a Pentecostal church down in Livingston, Texas. And then within a few years, my stepmom's dad became, began a new church, a, a Southern Baptist church, down in, uh, wasn't in Livingston, it was a town over, and I can't remember the name of it now. That was a long time ago. I was about 10 then, I think. And uh, he started his first church inside of a house because that was all they had available to them. And there was a total of eight of us. Six of them were my family. So uh, it grew from there, and it grew to about 30 or 40. But that was the last time I, I went to church with them and my family there because uh, soon after that, um, I moved back to California to be with my mom. And, you know, my parents were split, and so it's going back and forth between the states quite often. But I started going to school back here in California, and that was the last time I went to church until I was, I think it was about 19. And I decided to go to a church in Los Gatos called First Baptist. Um, and that was a completely different experience for me since the Pentecostal church I went to at first was maybe 50, 60 people. And then the Baptist church, like I said, started at 8 and then grew to about 40. But Los Gatos First Baptist was 4,000 people. And I never accepted Christ yet. And, I, and after that experience, I didn't think I was going to because I went there six, seven, eight times. I can't remember the total amount. And I don't believe I saw the same person twice ever, whether it was in the church hearing the sermon or even in the Sunday school classes, because the Sunday school classes were almost as big as we are right now. And again, I did see the same people twice. It was like it was kind of bizarre to me. And I just wasn't used to quite that large a church. So so time went on. I joined the military. Um, and some of my experiences in the military reinforced the fact that God does exist and he is out there. And he's moving in people's lives, but I still wasn't ready, I don't think. But while I was in the military, I also married my wife, Tracy. Now, we had met in high school, and so, but it wasn't until a couple years later when I was in the military that I decided, you know, I wanted to marry her. So we got married in 1981, and I was still in the service. A couple years later, we moved back home after I re uh, got um, discharged from the Navy. And it was then we started going to her church, which was Camden Avenue Baptist in San Jose. And I was going with her, uh, just being a good husband mostly. Um, but it was while well I was there that I met two men, um, a guy named Rich and another guy named John. And they became good friends. And they were, I won't say badgering me, but they were relentless in making sure they knew that the Lord needed to be in my life. And one day they came over to my in-law's house, which is where we were living after we came back from Connecticut. And they were talking to about God. I just, I, I don't know, it's it just a feeling came over me that I needed to say something. So I started talking to them. And it, after about an hour or so, I let them know that, yes, I wanted God in my life. And so for me, that was the pivotal moment when I decided not to just stop listening about God, but actually participating in getting to know God. So 
Um, I'm not sure how that applies to anybody else's lives, but for me, it was that testimony from John and Rich that really, really moved me. And eventually, I became a Christian. And I think it was two weeks later, I was baptized at Camden, Camden Avenue Baptist, the uh, church my wife went to, um, had been going to most of her life. And so I, I think it's something that we all should consider. What is your testimony? Because we all have one. If you've accepted Christ, you have a testimony. And I would like to encourage you all to get up here and share it. It's through these shared testimonies we actually bring other people to Christ. That's how it happened to me. When John and Rich got me in my, my father-in-law's living room and said, we need to talk to you, eventually made me sit up and pay attention. So thank you very much. Now I'd like to, <laughs> like to welcome Pastor Larry back up to the pulpit. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, John. That might help. <laughs> okay. Thank you, John. Uh, where was I? No. <laughs> yes. There was a man by there is a man by the name of Francis Collins. That's a familiar name. Might be a familiar name to you. He he is the um, director of the National Institute of Health. He's a Christian man. And as the director of the NIH, he's actually the boss of Anthony Fauci. You guys know the name Anthony Fauci, Dr. Fauci. Uh, so Francis Collin, as a Christian man, he, uh, he, he's often, by the way, interviewed about the pandemic today. That's why I bring, you, bring him up. He, um, he wrote a book back in 2007 about his testimony, about how he came to faith in Jesus Christ. And um, it, the book is called The Language of God. And he talks about how his, God used his work to help lead him to Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, his name, again, is Francis Collins. He's a researcher. He's a physician. He's a world-renowned scientist. And the book we're going to read right now in the Bible from the book of Luke, you might want to get ready there, Luke chapter 1, was written by a man named Luke who was also a researcher a physician, and a man of science. Now, Luke was the only person in the New Testament who was not a Jew. 
that wrote uh, the New Testament, uh, one of the New Testament books. He was a Gentile. He was a close associate with the Apostle Paul. And he writes about the birth of Jesus, and he writes about the life of Jesus, and he says this in Luke 1, 3. He says, everything I'm writing, I have, I have investigated. I have carefully investigated. And so he details the birth, the, the, the entry of Jesus, God's son, into this world. His mother being Mary, his father being God, Jesus being fully man and fully God. Jesus who came to be our Savior. So if you have a Bible with you, and we're going to look at Luke, and it'll probably be up on the screen too. And I want to thank Jacob for all his behind-the-scenes work. He's always on top of it. Thank you, Jacob. Luke chapter 1, beginning with verse 26. And if you're able and willing, if you'll stand with me. And so we're going to begin this uh, with an Advent message this morning. Amen? Amen. Here it goes. And it says this, Luke 1, beginning with verse 26, it says, In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. And you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High God. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. May God's word be blessed. Amen. See, God was working in history, in the fullness of time, in preparing, in, in the preparation for the birth of his son. He was beginning to unfold the prophecy that foretold the Savior being born by a virgin. God is at work among us. God is at work among us in our, just as he was at work in Mary's day, in Jesus' day. He was at work in our day today. God is at work among us. He's aware of everything that's going on in the world around us. He's not unattached. God is at work among us. 
He wants us to see his work and recognize his work and respond to his work with a heart of faith. God is at work among us. He want, there's two ways that we're going to look at this morning that, that God is at work. And the first is this. God is at, work, is at work in that he's involved in our lives. He's involved in our lives. Individually, he's involved in our lives. Individually, he works in our lives. And he wants us to see. He wants us to see and recognize his love for us, his interest in us, and his care for us. He wants us to see it. God is at work among us. You might think, well, why would God be concerned with me? God, I mean, you might think I'm not worthy for God to be thinking about me. You might think like David in Psalm chapter 8, what is man that thou art mindful of him? What is the son of man that you even care for him? But he does. God knows you and God loves you. He thinks about you. You know, Mary, Mary, she, she, she was a, a woman who lived in, in a small village called Nazareth. But God was thinking about her. God was at work. God is involved in our lives with loving knowledge. With loving knowledge. He knows you. He knows who you are. He, he, he loves you just like he loved Mary. You know, Mary was troubled. She was troubled when the angel appeared to her. She was troubled. She was, she was shocked. She was amazed. I mean, she said, uh, she was a peasant girl. Uh, she, didn't, she wasn't a wealthy woman. She lived in a town, a far, a distant town in southern Galilee, far away from the main uh, center of Jerusalem. Uh, she, she lived with her parents. She was probably just a teenager. And uh, this town, this village of Nazareth, it wasn't very well known, and, and it didn't have a very good reputation. Uh, Philip, who became one of the apostles, with 12 apostles, he once told Nathaniel, who also became one of the 12 apostles, Nathaniel, we, we, we found him, we found the one that Moses had been writing about, that the scripture prophesied, and, and he's Jesus of Nazareth. What did Nathaniel say? Can anything good come out of Nazareth? <laughs> That's the kind of village Mary lived in. But God was at work. God had her on his mind. God is at work among us. Amen. And he told her, let's take a look at it. It's verse 26 and 28. The angel, the angel is going to speak to her. Let's see what happens. Verse 26 and 28, it says, In the sixth month, the angel said to the, uh, the angel Gabriel uh, was sent to Nazareth, to the town of Galilee, to the virgin that was pledged to be married to a man named Joseph. Going on to verse 28, the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Here you have this seeming insignificant girl in a seeming insignificant place. And the, the angel of God appears to her and says, the Lord is with you. God is at work. 
God is at work. She was going to play, play the, a most unique role in the history of God's saving work for mankind. She was chosen by God to be the earthly mother of his son. It says you are favored. God has highly favored you. The word favored literally means graced or full of grace. Grace is something that is freely given. It's not something that's worked for. It's something you freely receive. As a matter of fact, in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, the same root word is used to talk about how we are saved by grace. You might know it. By grace, we are saved through faith. It's not of yourself. It's a gift of God so that no man can boast. We're not saved because we work for God. We work for God because we're saved. We're saved by grace. It's all by grace. And Mary was graced by God to be the mother of his son. God is involved in our lives. He knows us and he loves us. He knows all seven and a half billion people on this planet. And Jesus died for all seven and a half billion people on this planet, including me and including you. I remember, I remember when I first came to know the Lord. Actually, it was on a Christmas Eve. When I came to know for sure that I found God, you know, I always thought that Christmas was a holy time and a special time. And this one particular year, I was 15 years old, there was something missing. And I asked my family if they would um, come, to the kitchen, come to the dinner table and allow me to read the, 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 the story of uh, Jesus' birth, the Christmas story. So they all politely came. I thought maybe that would do it. So they all politely came and listened to, the, listened to me read the Christmas story and, and went off to bed. And, and I, still something missing. So I went out in my backyard. And I climbed up on top of this little playhouse my dad had built. And I climbed up on the roof and I looked at the stars. And at that time in my life, I didn't even know if God really existed. But I remembered when I was a little boy in Sunday school, my teacher told me that God loved me. Thank God for all, the, all you Sunday school teachers out here. Amen? <laughs> it came back to me. And, and, and I just looked up and I said, God do you know me? I said, do you love me? And at that moment, his spirit came in. His spirit came into my heart. He, he filled me with his love. He filled me with the joy. I was the happiest boy in the world. I wanted to tell someone, but they were all asleep. <laughs> but God, God is involved in our lives. God so loved the world that means everyone in the world, that he gave his only begotten son. That's how far he was willing to go to reach us. That whosoever believes in him, that's how you get saved, you believe in Jesus, shall not perish but have everlasting life. Without Jesus, we perish. With Jesus, we've got life eternal. God is involved in our lives it, with loving knowledge. He knows us. Not only with loving knowledge, but 
with loving plans. Mary had plans. She had good plans. She had it all mapped out. She had this boy, this young man she kind of had a liking to. Matter of fact, she was engaged to him, Joseph. He was a carpenter. He was a descendant of King David. And she had plans. I'm sure she kind of envisioned what her life was going to be like. But her plans got interrupted. Anybody ever get your plans interrupted by God? <laughs> God interrupted. God had a little plan of his own. Not a little plan, a big plan. <laughs> Let's take a look. Let's take a look at what it says. Chapter, th- uh, we're, we're in verse 31 to 33, Luke 1. It says this. You will, here's the angel talking to Mary, you will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. You know, it was a dream at that time for every Jewish maiden girl to be the mother of the Messiah. The Messiah is, was hoped for for hundreds of years that were waiting for the Messiah. And the Messiah is who the angel explained Jesus to be. He said, you will give him the name Jesus. Jesus is a Greek translation of the Hebrew name Joshua or Yeshua. It literally means God saved. Yahweh saves, God saves, or simply Savior. Matthew, Matthew explains to us why Jesus is given that name in Matthew chapter 1. uh, It tells about Joseph when he had this dream. He was conflicted because he knew Mary was was expecting, and and he didn't know, he didn't understand it all yet. And the Holy Spirit told him this. I'm going to read from Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. He told her that she's going to conceive, and in verse 20 it says, she's going to conceive in her what is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. Jesus, God saves, saves. Jesus came to save us, and he is the only name that we are given. The Bible says it this way, Acts 4, 12. There's no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. It's only Jesus. It's only Jesus. Jesus' conception, Jesus' birth, Jesus' life, We're all part of the working of God's loving purpose and loving plan. As a matter of fact, in reality, every birth, every conception, every life is a part of the working of God's loving purpose and loving plan. You know, Francis Collin, before he became the director of the National Institute for Health, were headed up something that was one of the most amazing accomplishments in science called the Human Genome Project. 
and, and this was completed in 2003, where they mapped out the entire DNA, the entire, all the genes in the human body. That's called the human genome. And uh, uh, all the map of the DNA. Now, the DNA in a person is what gives the physical instructions of how are you are to develop and to grow. What color, what color eyes you're going to have, what color hair you're going to have, how tall you're going to be. All of your physical attributes, all of your physical abilities, it's in your DNA. Now, the Bible says that God, by His Spirit, gives each and every individual their specific DNA. Psalm chapter 139 says it this way. It says, Psalms 139, in verse, beginning with verse 13, You created me, David speaking to God, You created me, my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. He goes on to say this. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All, and listen to this now. All the days ordained for me were written in your book. Before one of them came to be. God had plans for you. He has plans for each and every individual. It's God who is involved in our lives with loving plans, with loving plans. God is at work among us. Not only is he at work among us in how we are going to develop physically, creating us and design and, and pl with his plan, but he is at work among us if we accept Christ and are obedient to his commands, how we develop spiritually. Listen to this. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. It says, God is at work in you to will and to work for his good pleasure. He's developing your character to be in the image of Christ, to have the mind of Christ, and to do the works of Christ. God is at work among us. He's involved in developing you. He's involved because he loves you. He loves you. Not only... Is God at work among us involved in our lives? But secondly, he's at work among us in that he is announcing his presence. He's making known that he's with us. He's communicating his presence by delivering his message to reach us. He, he communicated to Mary through the angel Gabriel. The message given to Mary was that she was favored by God. She was going to be the mother of the Son of God who would reign forever and bring hope to the world. You know, when we sang that Christmas song, one of the names they said, Emmanuel. Emmanuel. That's another name Jesus has given in the Bible. Emmanuel. It means God with us. He's with us. He announces his presence to us, God with us. God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world to himself for all who would believe. God is with us. He's announcing his presence and he does it through his messengers. Through his messengers. You know the word angel literally means messenger? Angel means messenger. And Gabriel was the messenger. 
Gabriel was the messenger to, to, to Mary. And in verse 28 of Luke 1, he said, You are highly favored, Mary, with God, and the Lord is with you. He begins with those words, the Lord is with you. In other words, this is not a message of fear. This is a message of faith. You know, because Mary was afraid. She, she wasn't sure what was happening. You know, I mean, God, the God of the universe, was communicating to her through an angel. She was, she was perplexed. She was confused. She was shocked. She didn't understand. But then the angel said, Mary, do not be afraid. God is with you. God is with you. God announces his presence with us. His presence with us is to, to walk with us. His presence with us is to, 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 to be with us, he, to be at work in our lives. He announces his presence. Now, Francis Collins, Francis Collins was given messengers. We're talking how God uses messengers to announce his presence. Francis Collins had messengers that announced God's presence, presence in his life that led him to Jesus Christ. And there were basically two messengers. One was people. The other was creation itself. Creation itself. Collins says it this way in his book. Uh, he talks about that when he was a, he was a uh, medical student. He was a gifted medical student. But at that time when he was in school and learning, he said it was convenient for him not to have to deal with God. <laughs> but then after one of his patients shared, uh, uh, Chuck, you talk about giving a testimony. One of his patients shared with him her faith. And then she asked him, what about you? Uh, what do you believe? And he kind of stuttered, and, and he says, uh, you know, he felt the, the, the color in his face. Uh, uh, you know, he, he stuttered, and he, and he felt color rising in his face. And he said, well, I, I, I don't think I believe in anything. Then suddenly, he said, that seemed like a, th a thin answer. So it was so unsettling, he said. So I did, for after a long search, uh, and, and grilling a pastor, and uh, reading C.S. Lewis, he, he did come to Christ by watching the beauty of God's creation. I want to read to you his, his, his uh, description of this encounter with God. He says, I had to make a choice. A full year had passed since I decided to believe in some sort of God. And now I was being called to account. On a beautiful fall day, I was Hiking in the Cascade Mountains during my first trip west of the Mississippi. The majesty and beauty of God's creation overwhelmed my resistance. As I rounded a corner and saw a beautiful and unexpected frozen waterfall, a hundred and feet high, I knew the search was over. The next morning, I knelt in the dewy grass as the sun rose and I surrendered to Jesus Christ. It was God's creation that was the messenger. You know, it's in Romans chapter 1, verse 20. His eternal power and deity are clearly perceived through the things which have been made. It's, his creation is meant to speak to us. 
and it spoke to Francis Collin, and he gave his life to Jesus Christ, and he became the believer he is today. World-renowned scientist, a believer in Jesus Christ. He was confronted with a choice. We all have a choice to make. We all have a choice to make. How are you going to receive God's message? How are you going to receive his word? How are you going to receive his calling? And his calling is to obey. You know, Mary had a choice too. Mary did have a choice. When the angel gave her this announcement, she had a choice how she would react, how she would respond to this message. She knew, she knew, she knew there would be a stigma of being an unwed woman. She knew she was going to be accused of adultery. She knew that the penalty for adultery was death by stoning. But God promised to be with her. The Lord is with you, Mary. The Lord is with you. Do not be afraid. Have faith in God. Have faith in his presence. God's presence is to help you through your fears. God's presence is to help you through your struggles. God's presence is to help you through your difficulties. God is present. He wants you to know that. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. His presence is to give you peace. His presence is to give you strength. Isaiah 41, verse 10. Do not fear, says the Lord, for I am with you. Do not anxiously look about you, for I am your God. I will, uh, I, I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. God is with you. He wants you to know that. He's announcing his presence as he announced it to Mary. Not only, not only does he announce his presence through his messengers, but he announces his presence through his miracles. Mary didn't know. Uh, Mary, Mary uh, she didn't doubt God's word. She didn't doubt God was going to do what he said he was going to do. All she asked was how, how. That's all she wanted to know. Verse 34, let's take a look. How will this be, Mary asked, for I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the one to be born to you will be called the Son of God. Uh, the God's Spirit would overpower her. The presence of God would be upon her. Another translation says it this way. The Holy Spirit will overshadow you as a shining cloud. It's just like the cloud in the Old Testament, that overshadowed the tent of the meeting, the tabernacle, when they were worshiping God, where they worshiped God. Listen to this. Exodus chapter 40, verse 34. It says, Then the cloud covered the tent of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The tabernacle, rather. It filled the tabernacle. With what? With God's presence. The Holy Spirit would come upon Mary, God's power and presence would be with her, and God, who performs miracles, would conceive in her the Holy One, the Son of God, Jesus Christ. 
It would be by the power of the Holy Spirit. God is at work among you. It would be by the work of God. What's the proof? What's the proof this is going to happen? Verse 36. The angel gave her a little bit. In case you want to know, Mary, there's something else that happened. You might be interested. This might give you a little confidence. Elizabeth, your relative who has been barren, way past childbearing age, is expecting, and she's in her sixth month with child. Now, this miracle was not met with the kind of faith that Mary had. This miracle <laughs> was quite different. It was a, uh, the same angel, Gabriel, he, six months prior to this, he met with uh, Elizabeth's husband, Zechariah. And Zechariah was a priest in the temple. He was in the temple uh, burning incense for the worship of God. And the angel Gabriel appeared, just like he did with Mary. And Zechariah was, was afraid, just like with Mary. He was filled with fear. He was kind of terror. He was kind of he was scared. The angel said to him, just like with Mary, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Verse 13 of Luke 1, he says, do not be afraid because your prayers have been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will, give you, will, will bear you a son and you are to give him the name John. Now, now Zechariah and Elizabeth hadn't prayed for children for years. They were old in age. She was way past childbearing age. But the child that was going to be born to them by the marital union, uh, 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 it was going to be John the Baptist. John the Baptist, the cousin of Jesus, who baptized Jesus in the Jordan River. John was going to be born now. Zechariah, how did he receive this announcement? So let's take a look. Verse 18. It says, Zechariah asked the angel. Now, he said, now, you remember, Mary just asked how. She didn't doubt. Mary, here's Zechariah. How can you, I can be sure of this. I, I'm an old man, and my wife is well along in years. You see, this question that he asked was really mixed with doubt and disbelief. He really wasn't quite believing this. <laughs> Listen to what the angel did. Verse 19. The angel answered, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. And I have been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you will be silent. And you will not be able to speak until the day happens. Because you did not believe my words, which will come true at the proper time. He was made mute. He was made unable to speak. Why? Because he did not believe. He did, God's miracles, God communicates through his miracles. His miracles are to be believed and received with faith. Now Mary received it. Mary received the message by faith with humility. She submitted in obedience. She believed what the angel said. It's been said that her words, may it be to me as you have said, is the best definition of faith in the Bible. She accepted it. 
She had the desire to, to permit God's word to become a reality in her life. She was committed to do the work that his word called her to do. What is God calling you to do? She received it. God was at work in her life. God is at work among us. He is announcing his presence to us. He is announcing it through his messengers. He is announcing it through his miracles. God is at work among us like he was in the day of Mary. He's at work among us today. He's involved in our lives because he loves you. He knows you and he loves you. He's involved and he's had a plan for your life since before you were born. God loves you. He's working among us, and he's announcing his presence through his messengers. Like the angel Gabriel, God has messengers. It could be that you are the messenger for somebody else. God has his messengers. It, it could be that creation itself is a messenger, like Francis Collin, when he, when he made his decision to surrender, surrender to Jesus, he knelt in the dewy grass as the sun rose on the Cascade Mountains. God is at work among us, and he's with you. The Lord is with you. The angel said, the Lord is with you, and he's with you, and he's with you. God is with you to strengthen you, to help you. You need only to believe. Believe in his son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and rose again to bring us peace with God through faith in him. Only believe. Believe like Mary believed and said, may it be to me as you have said. And God overshadowed her by his spirit and he worked his miracle in her life. Will you believe his words? Like Mary did? Will you let him be at work in you? Let's pray. Father God, Lord, we thank you that you came to be with us and that, Lord Jesus, you were born of the Virgin Mary. Thank you, Jesus, for living among us and showing us what God is like. You came to be among us. Thank you, Father, that you do work among us. Help us all to have our eyes open to see your love and to share your love in Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.